You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. UTAP fans, it's time for Minor Talk with Adrian Broadus and Sal Montes. Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. Wind Supply El Paso. Locate your nearest champion dealer at windsupplyelpaso.com. And Keat Southwest. Leading the industry in precision metal stamping since 1958. Call into the show at 880-5763 or tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Now, let's go live to the Lube and Go Studios with your hosts, Adrian Broadus and Sal Montez. All right, welcome in. Minor Talk is live. Adrian Broadus along with Sal Montez and Angel Munoz. He's back in action, back in our Lube and Go Studios helping us out. Appreciate Angel joining us here on Minor Talk as well. Uh, this is uh, not a exciting Minor Talk like the Saturday edition of our show and uh, even the Thursday edition where the Miners won you know, back-to-back games against La Tech and Southern Miss. Uh, the Miners wrap up a three-game road swing today, and uh, they just ran out of gas. Middle Tennessee beat them 77-59. to uh, The Miners' starting group held in with Middle Tennessee, but as soon as the Blue Raiders dipped into their bench, well, that's where they got a lot of their production. 26 points off the bench for the Blue Raiders, uh, and that's the difference of this one in my eyes is uh, UTEP is still lacking the depth on their team. It kind of shows you where they are as just a program right now. And on the other side, Middle Tennessee does have the depth they can rely on. They can also rely on their home crowd and just being at home itself. Uh, they have won 15 straight at home dating back to the 2021 season, uh, and they've won 13 of their home games this year just shows you how good of a home team middle tennessee really is uh and the blue raiders deserve this one this was one of the best teams utep has faced um you know this season in conference play and that's just kind of how you look at this one i mean the miners had a significant win last thursday at la tech but this one right here was an example of uh of how important um you know just having that road uh experience it really is for a team like the miners the miners need that kind of depth under their belt in order to string along as many wins as they can and I just felt like they were outmatched in this game the Miners will now have to turn around they'll get to come back home which is good for them they don't have a Thursday game this week they will have a Saturday game uh, on their slate this week and that's against a really tough team in uh, UAB and I'm gonna be so curious to see how the Miners kind of you know come home rest up, retool ahead of that huge game on Saturday. And Sal, you know, they just kind of looked a little gassed tonight. It, it felt like the Monday, the case of the Mondays for the Miners and a case of having three games in five days. It, it did, and also, too, I think um, Coach Golding said it best in the, in the post-game uh, conference with, uh, or post-game show, rather, with John, saying that, um, or, or John posed the question, if if uh, you would have told me that a two out of three would have been good, uh, you know, what would have been your thoughts? And Coach Golding agreed, you know. He, mm-hmm. he knows that these are big, big games. Obviously, you want to come out with the win, but uh, with the season winding down and you got big game after big game, of course, you're going to trip yourself up against uh, the top-tier competition of the conference. And tonight, it happened to be Middle Tennessee. So with Saturday coming up, uh, UAB, another big game. I think this team, uh, you know, they can't afford to, to kind of, you know, look in 
anywhere else. You got to be ready for That's the right. next game, and it's just the way that it's kind of wound uh, wound up for this Miners team closing out the season. But um, although you know today was a, was a rough one, uh, so to speak, the second half did look pretty good. We'll talk more about that. Uh, but just got to get ready for the next one. No time to really look back. Yeah, no time to look back. It's time right now for the Miners to return home. I mean, we talked about it just kind of off air, you and me, Sal. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just put ourselves into these uh, student athletes' shoes uh, for a moment. I mean, these are the same guys who are away from home, away from the city of El Paso, where they have all their belongings uh, since Wednesday. And, you know, it might not seem a lot to adults or people who travel for work and stuff like that, but it might be a lot for some of these guys who aren't used to that travel. Three games in five days, that's a tough road stretch where you're having to go to to uh, Louisiana Tech, win an emotional game on the road there, then pack up right away. It's not like, hey, let's spend the night uh, yeah, out there exactly. uh, in Ruston. No, it's let's pack up right away and get on the flight that night to head out to Hattiesburg. And uh, they go to Hattiesburg and, you know, they, they beat Southern Miss. But after that game, they're having to turn around right away. It's a Sunday. You know, you're, you're having school kind of in the back of your mind if you're a student athlete as well and you haven't been home yet. Oh, and by the way, Monday comes and you've got a game Back coming. So it's it's a weird stretch for the Miners. They had to do this because of COVID-19 issues uh, back in January. Uh, made this game you know pretty much be rescheduled to now. Uh, and so for the Miners, they get to go back home. They get to rest in their beds. And they get to get ready for UAB, Rice, and North Texas. Three games at home for the Miners. Let's see what they could do in this three-game stretch. It's some of the toughest teams in the league. Yeah, and uh, you know people have been wanting the fans to go out there. You got three quality opponents coming into the Haskins Center. That's going to be your opportunity, really, to see uh, one uh, some good competition against the Miners. Two teams, a top conference, you would say, who battled it out. And I don't think it was a buzzer beater, but a game winner with time winding down between North Texas and UAB. You have those guys coming into the Haskins Center, so that should be impressive. Uh, but aside from that, though, uh, when, when we talk about the three games in five days, I know it's been beating like a drum. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, there's just so much riding on this season with big game after big game Uh, aside from the fact that you know they're on the road they're in this road trip that is that is very taxing, but uh, it still shouldn't be an excuse, in my opinion. I, I understand that everybody's battling with it. This team has battled a lot of adversity. But what I do like, though, in the midst of all that is how they've responded to it. No, I'm with you on that, Sal. Hey, what's war- what's better, the fact that the Miners are getting to go back home and, and rest a little bit or the fact that we don't have to watch that horrible broadcast by Middle Tennessee anymore? Uh, it's a tough one, huh? I, if I had to pick one that's better, <laughs> I would say the broadcast, uh, but, but it's a percentage race. I'd say like 65-35. Yeah. Yeah, thank, thank goodness uh, we've turned off the broadcast uh, pretty much, you know, in the middle of the second half. And we said, you know, just forget it. We're just we're listening to voice of the minor John Teicher no matter. I mean, we were listening to him in, in the first place. But, man, that yeah. broadcast was terrible. Camera skills, man. It's, it's terrible, man. I don't know if it's the lighting <laughs> at the at the at the Mac, or, you know, but whatever the case is. They got to do something about it. That was it. terrible. It looked like a YouTube video in 06 with a 360 pixelation, which was, you know, amazing at the time, but it's 2022. <laughs> hey, tweet us at 600 ESPN El Paso. You can call us at 880-5763. That's our telephone number as we get going here on Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency with seven locations across El Paso. From the west side all the way over to Fabens, you can contact the Oscar Arieta Agency for your home, auto, or life insurance. And uh, Oscar Arieta Agency a proud sponsor here on Minor Talk. Our phone number 8805763 as we continue here
here on Minor Talk. It's probably going to be a, a, a quieter show today. Uh, although, I think the haters are going to be loud today. I, I think that's going to be one thing that's going to happen on social media, Sal. I think uh, UTEP fans were real bullish this weekend and excited yeah. off the Miners' victory. And whenever UTEP loses, you start to get the haters crawl out of the woodworks. The ones who didn't say anything after the UTEP wins, they're coming out tonight and, and they're going to be excited. I'm, I'm just calling it. I mean, I haven't even looked at Twitter, but uh, <laughs> we kind of know how th- these things go. We've done a couple minor talks under our belt, and we also know to not overreact to games like this. We know that when yeah. it's a when it's a game on the road against a team who's on the opposite side of the conference USA division in the East uh, division yeah. in Middle Tennessee. Don't overreact to a game like this. Middle Tennessee is unbeaten at home this year. They're now 13-0 at home. Don't overreact to a win or a loss here. Yeah, that's a team that's probably going to be in the uh, the Final Four standing of the conference tournament, a team that, one, is not only good, but they look good, even when they're not playing well. I hope that makes sense in, in any way. You know, th- this team— Look at their bench. I, their bench came to play. They At one point, we were joking about this, but at one point, uh, not only are, are multiple guys pitching in on the, you know, on the scoreboard, but when it comes to the actual boards, I think from the number seven all the way down, they had a guy registering that number of rebounds uh, all the way down. So I can't remember who, but somebody had seven, someone else had six, another one with five, four, three. You know, you get the point. So this is just a very active team. Yeah, it was a very balanced team today, too. You had Donovan Sims with 17. You had Josh Jefferson with 14. Cameron Weston off the bench with 12. You had a lot of players filling up the stat sheet, guys with nine uh, nine points across mm-hmm. the board. And, and the Miners just didn't have it, let's be honest, because outside of Sule Boom's 24 points on 7 of 18 scoring, Miners couldn't get much scoring effort beyond that. But, I again, I think this is a case of UTEP being tired and and they want to get back home and people might roll their eyes and say oh excuses excuses miners need to beat everybody no you're you're holding UTEP to unrealistic standards right now and that is a bigger picture right now this may this game means nothing it's how this team finishes the season it's UAB it's Rice it's North Texas and I'll, and you know I'll go back it, it's not like this game doesn't mean nothing I, of course it's a conference it, yeah. game but at the same point Sal this is not the games that you want you want to win UAB you want to be North Texas. You mm-hmm. want to beat Rice. You want to win the games at home and close out the season strong. Yeah, those are the games that mean a lot more when it comes to uh, representing your division. I mean, it's Conference USA as a whole, but you get your seating uh, based on how you do in your division. So that's the number one thing. But as far as kind of, a, in my opinion, just putting this game based on being tired, I wouldn't really put it all on that. You know what you sign up for when it comes to these conference games. They were going to have to play some this stretch at some point, you know, but uh, also, too, back to Middle Tennessee, I kind of want to go back on the rebounding, and uh, that's exactly what happened tonight. You had Weston with seven rebounds, Milner, and uh, also, let me see who else it was that had six. Uh, oh, Millen, I'm sorry. And also Lawrence, they finished with six. Jefferson with five. Uh, Dishman with four, along with Len- Leonard, and you know, more with three. So this is just a very balanced team all across the board, even if they were you know, let's say well rested and came into this 110 uh, percent, you know, energized, it would still be a problem. This Middle Tennessee squad is coming off a big win against Florida Atlantic to, uh, you know, stay in front of the conference, he would say East Division, um, but they know what's in front of them to close out the season. No, most definitely. I'm, I'm with you on that completely, Sal. 880-5763. That's our telephone number as we get started here on Minor Talk. Also, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Awards later on presented by Wind Supply El Paso. That's our hot hand award. Also, our player of the game, thanks to Keith Southwest. Uh, to Twitter right now we go. It's Kevin at Sleepy Kev 5 
Oh gosh, Sal, I called it. This game make, uh, made me like you. Uh, no, no, no. This is this is just worded wrong. I'm gonna have to redo this, Kevin, for you. This game made me think that UTEP is light years from competing for a conference title. I know that's not true. That's just how the game went today. Still proud of the team for going two and one on this road trip. Time to regroup for another big game this Saturday at home. Hashtag Minor Talk. Your thoughts on that, Sal? Uh, I mean, that's just the way that this roller coaster season has been. You know, they're really up. Then they're really down, you know, game after game. But uh, also, too, you said it best, two out of three, and you get one of those wins against uh, one of the top dogs, no pun intended, one of the top dogs in the conference. So if you could do that, and they're all on the road as well. I mean, people are talking about three games in five days, but three games in five days on the road, and road has not been very nice to UTEP in recent years, but they've been a lot more successful this year. And, you know, their prize, oh, congratulations, three final games against the good teams to close out the season. So they're, they're getting well tested. And I don't think uh, Coach Golden will want it any other way. I have a problem with the light years ahead of competing for a conference title. That's where I have a problem because they're not. They're really not. They proved it this year. They're better than the the you know the average part of Conference USA. So that's I'm not saying they're going to compete this year for a conference mm-hmm. tournament, but they're not light years. Saying they're light years away is saying that you haven't even built the program's foundations. And I I think yeah. that like you know they're they're not they're not going to do it this year in my perspective. But you know year two three or four. That's when you're starting to look at that that uh, conference contention. And, and you know what? We're really going to find out in these final three games because sure. the reason why I say this is uh, what, what gives people hope is that win against Louisiana Tech, right? What gives people hope is uh, that first half against North Texas. Now, North Texas is a completely different monster, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, though, there's really only been one game against top-tier competition that has gone their way. That was the win against Louisiana Tech. So if UTEP is able to snag some games uh, to close out the regular season, even one, that would put a lot more hope into the fans. But as far as uh, light years away, I, I don't think so. I'd say maybe you know a couple years or so. But let's say they, they get hot at the right time, then they'll have a puncher's chance. It all depends on how they're playing. And, and one thing we've noticed with this team is that uh, more times than not, tonight is not really an example, but more times than not, they've kind of played with the competition, which is good and bad. If it's good, it's because it's a team that's better than them. If it's bad, it's because you know they're battling it out with Southern Miss. Yeah, that's you know, right. Or they're battling it out with um, with UTSA, not Southern Miss. I'm yeah, sorry. and th- this is this game kind of reminds me of the Charlotte game. It just wasn't going their way. It was on the road, and UTEP just didn't have it tonight. Uh, Kingsley Onyema with a series of tweets. Miners need to use their bigs well. Force the ball into the paint through the bigs. Even the acoustics in the Middle Tennessee uh, Stadium is horrible, just like the operator of the camera. Defense is the key to good offense. Miners need to lock these guys up, and that is coming from Kingsley Onyema. Yeah, I, I just wasn't impressed with the uh, the, uh, uh, the front court scoring. I mean, Miners only scoring 18 points of the paint. Uh, just didn't do enough to try to get the ball inside the paint. And I also thought that UTEP could have flexed some different lineups against uh, Middle yeah. Tennessee. They they uh, displayed a very small lineup. I wanted to see maybe them go with a weird lineup of having Verhoeven out there with four guards, and I think they kind of did that in the stretch, and they just went away from that when it wasn't working. They kind of stuck with what they have, and that's either Alfred Hollins or Chamari Sibley at the four position, mm-hmm. and then having Titus Verhoeven, uh, Onyema, you know Kevin Kalu who checked in this game, they'll play the five uh, for the Miners. This coming in from Michael G. Any word on Keontae Kennedy's return? 
Well, we haven't heard anything official. The only thing we've heard, Michael G., is that uh, you know Joe Golding said that Keontae Kennedy is actually stayed stayed in El Paso through this road swing to rehab and try to get better. the The word on the street was that he was supposed to join the team during this last three game stretch. Uh, Sal to have him ready by UAB and to have him in the starting lineup seems very ambitious up to this point. Off a broken foot, mm-hmm. uh, I would be. I would I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Keontae Kennedy this Saturday. That's that's all I'll say. I I don't know. I have no intel. I think we have to wait till tomorrow. So to see. so you say you wouldn't be shocked to see him, but as far as a starting lineup goes, would you sh- be shocked to see him? Yes. in the starting lineup. I would be shocked to see him in the starting lineup. If you argued that no, Keontae Kennedy at 85 percent is better than what they're getting at that position right now, then you know, okay, sure, that that could be an argument. Uh, but at the same mm-hmm. time. He's also coming back from an injury. You can't rush things like this. Exactly. So I would be a little shocked to just put that. Uh, I don't know. It's it's not necessarily like stress or anything, but just put that on him to come right away and be you know starting for the minors like that. Yeah, I would say ease ease him into it. Assuming that he's ready for the final three games. You know, l- yeah. let's just play it out in the final three, right? Um, I'd say first game back against UAB. No matter who it is against, they're all pretty good teams, but probably ease him in probably like 33% you know the third method 33% 66 then of course 100 assuming he can go 100 in the uh, in the last game but your eyes are on the prize now you obviously want to feel good going into the conference tournament but uh, you know that the conference tournament is coming up. So what are you going to you know, put on the back burner to prepare for that? And let me say this, Sal, because you, you, you bring up a good point. And we also talk about quality opponents, too. If Keontae Kennedy is not swinging out of the gates, his shot's not falling right away, I don't want to see this, something on social media. I don't want to see people in my mentions talk about Keontae Kennedy's performance because the fact that he's coming back in this late part <laughs> of the season anyways yeah. is like you know impressive. He come, He's coming off a broken foot. He missed all of conference play. So so if he comes back indeed, uh, I think that should just be, you know, that UTEP can get whatever they can out of him. Maybe if they don't get enough, then they figure they wouldn't mm-hmm. factor him into the lineup as much. But I think I think bigger picture, I think Keontae Kennedy will be on the floor for them. I just don't know what kind of shot he'll have. Like, he was on fire in the month He's of December. It, yeah. He was their number one player throughout yes. that stretch. And, uh, you know, to literally start conference play without him, you you essentially have to, I don't want to say form a new identity, but you have to build a new team in a way. He's not just any player. He's one of the most integral parts of that team. You know, when we talk about guys who log minutes, he was the number one guy. When it, there was games where he was playing all 40 minutes. And we, we've seen it before with uh, with Sule and uh, and with JB as well. But um, at the end of the day, his usage rate was extremely high. That It's it's very hard to, to replace somebody like that. And you can't really replace him. You just got to kind of fill some gaps here and there. So even if he's back and that shot is not falling, what is he doing on defense? How is he communicating? I think that is going to be more, uh, more, far more important in my opinion because we know that this team's identity is defense. Uh, last thing I'll bring up with Keontae Kennedy, and if more people have questions on this, we can continue going. But um, between Keontae Kennedy, Jamal Bienemy, and Sule Boom, real quick, just to peel this back, yeah. Sule Boom, we're assuming right now on the pace that he's at, he's leading Conference USA in scoring. At the pace he's at right now, he could finish up first team all conference in this league. And I think that that's almost a shoe in. He's he's almost there. Now, there's a case. Jamal Bienemy should be either first team or second team consider and have those considerations as well. Mm-hmm. No less than a second team spot for Jamal Bienemy for sure. 
How many games have Jamal Biennemi, Sule Boom, and Keontae Kennedy played this year? Well, your answer is just six games. All three of those players have just played six games together on the floor for whatever reason. For Jamal Biennemi, who dealt with a concussion. Sule Boom, who dealt with not just a broken finger to start the season, but a stomach bug. And he dealt with COVID-19 complications. And now Keontae Kennedy out out throughout all of conference play. Um, No continuity in that three-man lineup. And those are maybe three of the best guards in conference play uh three of the best guards but also uh, some guys with uh previous experience playing together that's and, right uh maybe this year is kind of they've been robbed of that for one reason or another uh it's so, the ultimate what if right it, exactly and these guys we know what they can be um but the fact remains though let's say Keontae does come back what is the team going to look like if, if he's not up to speed too you know is that really fair to say oh Keontae's back with uh with the other two to to have that uh that treacherous three right but is it really going to be that if one of them isn't up to speed? That's a fair question. Yeah, it is a fair question. Our telephone number, 880-5763. That's our telephone number as we get going here on Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Keep going on Twitter. Jonathan Byers tweets the show. Oh, man. UTEP blew it. Too many threes. They dug themselves out of a hole and then dug themselves into their grave by jacking threes. Shot selection was a big issue, and I guess committing a lot of unforced turnovers are part of the team's identity now. And Middle Tennessee's defense was solid. Okay, if you're talking about uh, them stepping out of bounds three times in this Oof. game, uh, Emmanuel White, Christian Agnew, Sule Boom, all stepping out of bounds, I get those. Those are unforced turnovers, and that should not be part of their identity. So if you're calling them out on that, sure, I'll give you that. But I don't think UTEP blew this game. I think they just were gassed from the weekend. Uh, Middle Tennessee, also one of the best teams uh, on the East Division right now. As of February 21st, 2022, one of the hottest teams right now. They are 10 and 1 uh, in their last 11 games. They have uh I think they've won 5 straight just in total and um and you know you look at uh Middle Tennessee and the way that they are able to protect home floor that just speaks for itself. They they don't yeah. lose at home. Unblemished this year and uh you know aside from being one of the best teams in the East, I think one of the best teams in conference USA in general. This is a team who knows how to play the game of basketball inside out, no pun intended. They're moving the ball around, looking for good shots. Uh, they're taking advantage when guys are out of position or they they sense that they could get there late so whether it's uh you know tacking the cup you know they're able to take advantage of uh anybody's elbow that may be out of position making the right pass at the right time you name it it just seemed like they were a step ahead so I wouldn't say UTEP blew it tonight I think Middle Tennessee uh, was on a mission today they wanted to make a statement and that's something we stressed as well um, right going into this game I want to say on Saturday uh, before the um, Middle Tennessee and FAU game on minor talk we were talking about how if this team uh, Middle Tennessee of course was going to come into this game feeling pretty good about themselves you know maybe being a little bit overconfident assuming they were to be FAU, uh, which they did, and uh, that didn't seem like the case at all. They, this team knew what they were doing from the jump. Yeah, they, they're a good home team. They just simply don't want to lose at home, and I, that's what I saw from the get-go, is this team is just sharp at home, and, and they're going to be a tough out in the conference tournament for sure. Uh, let's keep it moving on Twitter. This is coming in from Adrian at Enemy Win 3. Coach Golding said three games in five days hurts them with the kind of defense they like to play. How are they going to make a tournament run when they could potentially play three games in three days? Hashtag minor talk. Yeah, good point, Adrian. I think that uh, more than anything else, their depth will be tested. And I, I just don't think UTEP has depth right now. I don't. I I don't think you can rely on more than two or three guys off the bench. And, and saying two might be a stretch. Let, let's be honest, because you can rely mm-hmm. on Hollins off the bench. You can rely on 
Agnew off the bench to give you some serviceable minutes. Beyond that, they haven't had guys who can consistently step up. And, you know, there's even an argument that Agnew and Hollins can't consistently step up either. Or you're taking a drop-off from one of your uh, starting players, whether it be Sibley or or Titus sometimes, or Jarrell Satterfield, who today went 0 of 6. Uh, Bottom line, UTEP just doesn't have the depth right now. Uh, I think they have some of it. The only problem is uh, they're just not consistent. You know, we we see a one game where multiple guys pitch in and get double digits. Tonight, only one guy with double digits, and that was Sule Boom. You know, they needed him to be the player he was to kind of be in the parking lot of the game, if that makes any sense. That does, yeah. I I I mean, they just need a lot more offensive production, and that's the frustrating part because you'll see it one game out of every four or five. You know, so when you're just about to write them off, you know, the guys show up and pitch in on offense, but that's what it's going to take. We know that defensively they can hang around despite uh, Middle Tennessee uh, getting off to a hot start. They were battling it out in the second half, able to get it within eight, but guys just unable to to cash in. You know, no, you're on, right. on their jumpers, uh, early shots. Even if they were wide open, you got to start making those at some point because you can play all the defense in the world, but if the name of the game is to get buckets, and they just haven't been doing that as a team for majority of the season. Shots did not fall tonight whatsoever. You're mm-hmm. exactly right on that, Sal. Hey, let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we're going to get some more phone calls, more tweets. We got a lot of, a lot more tweets to get to. Middle Tennessee defeats UTEP 77-59. to If you would like to talk about this game with us, now is the time to do it. 880-5763. That's our telephone number. I know it might be a quieter night tonight after the minor fans were super excited over the weekend we'll talk more storylines after this we'll also talk a little bit more about this game and we'll give out some awards later on in the show our hot hand of the game and our player of the game you're listening to minor talk brought to you by the oscar at the agency more after this on 600 espn el paso you're listening to minor talk on 600 espn el paso brought to you by the oscar at the agency locally owned and operated for 24 years all right, welcome back to Minor Talk. Adrian Bratis along with Sal Montes. Angel Munoz producing the show with us as well. Angel, they did the uh, they wore the blue uniforms tonight. Actually, no, they didn't. They wore the, the orange. orange. Yeah. They wore the orange. They had the blues, and then uh, uh, Middle Tennessee came out with some blacks, so they had to switch out to orange uh, uniforms. Oh, so, so they, they, they yeah. really came out with the blues? Yeah, they came, came out with blue, the oh, and then, man. yeah, it was weird. That's why they lost. I don't care about Middle Tennessee <laughs> getting out to a hot start. It's the uniforms. Yeah, superstitions are important. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm with you both on that one right there. Uh, let's let's keep it moving on the show. Eight eight zero five seven six three. That's our telephone number. We're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency, and we'll go back to Twitter real quick. This coming in from our guy Mike Cuviello. I would say North Texas ha- is the best team. They have only one loss in conference play to UAB and beat Middle Tennessee. It's a growing experience. I think UTEP can win a conference tournament game, but don't see them as any threat to win the whole thing year one hope I'm wrong uh Mike I agree with you man but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this right now I think I'm gonna give two points real quick Mm -hmm. number one I think UTEP can either a now now hang with me here win or make a run in conference USA or be bounced out in the first round. They, they have that kind of team. They have a team that can streak, yeah. that, that can be streaky and get hot at the right time and can play great and has proved this year that they can beat all the best teams in this league or or at least challenge them and, and maybe have an opportunity to win if the game is in balance. Or they could be bounced out in the first round just yeah. based on a bad matchup or just something not going their way. I, I think despite all this, so that's my first point, despite all this right there, whether they win a couple games in the conference tournament, at least win one game, 
which is more than they've been able to do over the <laughs> yeah. past five years, essentially, or if they're bounced out in the first round and the season comes to a close, I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to I'm calling this season a success as we wind down this season mm-hmm. as we see the full scope of Joe Golding year 1 as we kind of see this roster and how close the team has gotten you heard that story from Joe Golding in the post game following the Southern Miss win uh, and just talking about how much he appreciates the team chemistry up to this point Sal I, I think the big picture story well at least for me man I don't I don't know about you but for me I'm in I I think this is a successful season all things considered Considered. Joe Golding prom uh, he said that he wants to win year one. Yeah. Right now they they could finish seventeen and thirteen with the winning season. Uh, they could, but I still hang on what Coach Golding said, saying he wants to win in in year one, and that would come with a conference tournament win. My opinion, he's a guy who didn't just come here to improve from last year and then call it a day. This is a guy who wants to continue to get better. You even put a quote up um, that that he had mentioned on the on the. Um, Locker room show. There we go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, he said something along the lines of uh, John asked him, you know, 16 wins or so. What would have been your thoughts? He's like, I want 20. This is a guy who's consistently wanting to get better, consistently wanting to improve. So although the conference tournament is around and I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I said that's the that's where everything is at. Um, he still wants to use those final three games as uh, as measuring sticks. But even more than that, it's going to try to win those games as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, Sal, I just look at how this team is and the adversity they face because had they not I guess it's a double-edged sword because yeah. had they not faced all this adversity, where would this team really be? If they had even Keontae Kennedy, where would this team be right now? On the other side, do they have to go through adversity to get to this point and, and get as and become as close as they are and see some guys like you know Jarrell Satterfield emerge from mm-hmm. uh, from where he was to start the year, which was just coming off the bench? Is that the case? I, I think it might be a double-edged sword there. I, I think also too, it's really just been about how this team has played or uh, who this team has played. I was just thinking about this earlier, too. Uh, for portions, it's like, how are they playing? doesn't matter who they're playing. You know, they, they look good. Their defense is on fire. But then who are they playing? And it's UTEP either playing up or playing down to the competition. So we, we've seen that in years past as well with some of the guys, uh, some of the same guys that are still on this roster uh, from before. So I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know either. That. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's interesting. It's a, it's an interesting question. I would love to know from our listeners. Do you consider it su- a successful season up to this point right now at six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter? And if you give us a call at eight eight zero five seven six three, our telephone number. One final thing I'll say on this: um, last week was the one-year anniversary of when El Paso found out that Rodney Terry got an extension through 2024. And we bring up the previous coaching staff uh, up a lot on this show. But it's always a good time around this time of year to just reflect on last year, just to mm-hmm. see how things have changed. Are they better? Are they worse? Are they, do they stay the same? And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think, like, if you're going to come at me and say that all the years of Rodney Terry were bad, I'm going to just say that's not true by, by definition. And I, I will tell you that they just never got better. That was my biggest issue is they never, or, and mm-hmm. they maybe never achieved to the uh, expectations and the hopes that people had on teams like their 2019-2020 squad, which was loaded. So that's pretty much all I'll say there. It was a year ago from last week. Uh, where they were last year, where it was just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of doubt by UTEP fans. You just look at our mentions, how how much they've changed from 
from one year Mm -hmm. and a lot more positivity. Now, there still are some negative people, and we're finding that out right now. Still, that's the case despite UTEP winning back-to-back road games uh, and then you know falling tonight. There are still some negative people, but I think the um, overall message from UTEP fans is uh, of positivity. That's all I'll say there. And and that was the overall request uh, when it came down to, uh, you know, majority. You know, what do you guys want? And majority of people were wanting a change, you know, in the um, sure. you know, in the coaching staff. And they were they got that. In my opinion, I think more fans are excited and more happy now because they see what this team can be in the foundation year. And piece by piece, game by game, this team is growing. You know, whether or not, you know, they're winning that game or not, we're starting to see a little bit more consistency, more unity when it comes to this team, more communication on the floor. And also, um, even when uh, Coach Golding mentioned this on the postgame show of the last game, um, he had mentioned how uh, one of the waiters at, it was either a hotel or a restaurant they went to, um, that waiter said uh, that that team that she served was probably the most um, – together team if that makes any sense no that's exactly what she said you're right unit kind of like a family out there on the road yeah i mean that bodes well because you know not too long ago we were hearing about guys wanting to leave in the middle of the season and we're that's right i mean we forget how far (laughs) this team was Uh, i don't think you'd should ever go back to hawaii i'll put it that way (laughs) you you mean uh teams are you you mean players aren't supposed to transfer after non-conference play that's not a thing oh man You know, December 31st, you're feeling one way. January 1st, it's a whole other story. Oh, man. Uh, Leo underscore minor fan tweets the show. Let's get to some more tweets. I don't know if it's a bad thing, but I'm already past tonight's game. Miners have done more than I thought already this year with three more left to go. They get a good rest, tough game against the Green Dragons. Hashtag go Miners, hashtag minor talk. So we're on the same page. Me and Leo underscore minor fan on the same page on this. Uh, This coming in from King Eric on the show. Simple way to put it, UTEP lost to a better team. Outside of Sule, no one was making a shot. I mean, three games in five days is tough on anyone. Just rebound and keep looking forward. Three games in five days is tough for NBA teams. I mean, come on. I'm with you on that, Eric. Uh, where were the, or were the camera skills worse than the New Mexico State football broadcast? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. They missed like a highlight reel JG like cut on that New Mexico State football broadcast that I'm still disappointed in. And and you know what? All it takes is one because in my opinion, that broadcast is is pretty good year in and year out. Uh, But also too, I mean, hey, that – I'll deal with that point zero zero one percent mistake. If it means you're successful, 99.99. Joe Chacon tweets us, no intention on starting trouble tonight. 11-hour drive yesterday, and my phone was blowing up. Why? Ta- <laughs> Why, Joe Chacon? Why? <laughs> we'll get to that in a second, Sal. Good, good, good quip there. Uh, taking two of the three on this road swing is major. This team just ran out of gas. Time to recharge and get the home sweep. Go Miners, hashtag repping from Cali now. Hashtag uh, BRZ repping the 915 now. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, this coming from Joe Chacon. Joe Chacon over the weekend uh, graciously tweeted us on the show and uh, tweeted everybody and their mother saying that the local sports cast. Do we ever have to talk about this again? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. The local sports cast, because we got to get your take on this, Sal, because we've, we've talked about this a lot. <laughs> Off air. Uh, he said, Joe Chacon tweeted us on Saturday and said that the local sports cast uh, 
on you know broadcast television did not lead with UTEP basketball winning at in Southern Miss. Instead, they sent reporters to Grand Canyon to cover New Mexico State Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. which, as we know, is one of the best games in the WAC year after year. Great atmosphere, so yep. exciting, and it was a pivotal game for the Aggies. Uh, we defended our broadcast friends who are in this same meet up in this same business, and we understand that they have obligations to cover uh, the Las Cruces market because the Las Cruces market is so big for yeah. them. Um, U- UTEP is not, uh, you know, UTEP just takes the second a- end of that. They're, they're on the backseat of that uh, sports cast because you send your you send your two guys. The primetime game. Yeah, right? you send your guys to the primetime game out of town to cover it. You're going to lead with that story, of course. Sal, this, this argument just, it didn't make too much sense to me. I know Joe Chacon didn't mean anything bad or personal against these guys, which I appreciate. You know, we, we know that he's a good guy. He was probably trying to stir up the pot a little bit and just kind of <laughs> say, hey, you know, as a minor fan, I want to see minor coverage in sports cast. It's just not the case, man. And you know what? It's not really a 100% all the way thing, you know, all the time thing. I mean, if UTEP is playing, uh, let's just say uh, UTSA, when UTSA came to El Paso, you saw a lot more UTEP uh, football highlights and UTEP football coverage because they were playing a primetime team, a team that was ranked coming into El Paso. Uh, now when we flip things around, you're, you're looking at a perennial uh, NCAA tournament team going up against one of their – and you know what, Aggie fans might, might drag me for this, but for when it comes to the WAC – as it stands right now, that's one of their best rivalries, you know, one of their best rivals that they have. I mean, those teams hate each other. And when, when we bring it back to UTEP and Conference USA, there is not a team in Conference USA right now that UTEP has a rivalry with when it comes to basketball. That's right. That is even in the same atmosphere as uh, New Mexico State Grand Canyon. That's just the way it is. No matter if Grand Canyon is D1 for a couple of years or whatever the case may be, they're brand new, doesn't matter. There, there's no atmosphere uh, in Conference USA for UTEP as in the same way that it would be for New Mexico State, Grand Canyon, home or away. What's the ex- most exciting basketball rivalry right now? La Tech? I mean, really? La- yeah, I guess so. Like, what's that's not even a rivalry. It, it, but, I mean, when you're holding it up, you, you got to pick one, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess it, it also depends on how well the other team is doing, but I could maybe see UTSA kind of being like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, but, but really, man, the, the days of where that conference USA rival um, – they're just no more. I mean, UTEP Memphis used to get ridiculous. UTEP Tulsa. UTEP Houston. I mean, those games were, were you know, ridiculous high, you know, high intensity. Even UCF for what it's worth. That right there, I remember there was a little scuffle between uh, one of the UCF players and a, and a I think a minor maniac uh, where they were going at it. But those days are long gone. I mean, maybe they might come because the Aggies are going to join Conference USA. But until then, who's really going to place fill in the Aggies' shoes for that Conference USA rival for UTEP? I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody either at all. Paul Paul Marmalejo tweets us, UTEP was gassed. And then he... uh, and then he tweets out a gif of a, a gas meter. Uh, hey, our friend Augustine, long time no, no speak on the show, long time listener, first time tweeter. You know it's BS for a 20-year-old to be tired playing basketball, hashtag truth. That's just, that's false, man. Uh, J- uh, Jonathan Byers tweets us, Emmanuel White showed that he's got some game tonight. That's one of the only positives I saw from tonight's game. 
oh, okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll understand that one where you're coming from with praising Emmanuel White a little bit here. Uh, this coming from Kingsley Onyema. Miners played very well against a very good opponent in Conference USA East. This game was winnable if the Miners had played aggressive offensively. When threes don't fall, drive to the basket, get fouled, and go to the line. Two wins out of three games in five days on the road is good enough for me. Hashtag believe. This coming in from Utep Mineto. I completely agree with that. Talking about Kingsley Onyema. This is from Jim, uh, Jonathan Byers. Is this a successful season? Ask me at the end of the season. Well, my, here's my thing, Jonathan. This is what I don't want to happen. I don't want UTEP to bounce it, get bounced out in the first round and people get mad and say this was not a successful season and think that there are problems with this team because they're not. There's no problem. This team likes each other. There's not – I. I'm gonna, I'm going to just say it right now. I'm going to put a, a a flag and I'll stick it into the ground and say <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a mass exodus like we've seen in the past couple of years. And mass exodus has really been four to five uh, contributing players leaving the program year yeah. after year, and I don't see that happening. So I really, really don't. Unless something is is there that I'm not seeing, or in, at least if I'm completely delusional, or if some great opportunity comes for these guys, I don't see a mass exodus from this team. Uh, and I'll raise you one better. I don't see a mass exodus um, for the second year in a row. There you go. Because if there we're being go. honest, uh, the mass exodus really came from one guy. That would be Bryson Williams. And, I mean, he goes to Texas Tech. It's not like he left UTEP for, for another uh, bottom-dweller team in a different conference. This is one of the best teams in the nation, you know? Sure. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, let's say that happens again. I think that speaks volumes about not only uh, the staff uh, that that is in place right now, but really the guys for buying into a system and believing that uh, they want to achieve something here at UTEP. It might be a little bit biased because I go for UTEP, but, you know, that's something that that you can applaud for any school at at any place. You know, if guys are wanting to stick together in a day and age where they're kind of straying away from the norm, which there's nothing wrong with the norm in the transfer portal, uh, but I still think it speaks volumes because they they want to work towards something and and achieve that um, through chemistry, through through those long, hard fought days. You know, I mean, there's, if you could take a shortcut, take it. But if you want, if you're going to get to the same destination and you want to take that tougher route and you know make it mean a little bit more, then by all means, that's something to applaud. 880-5763, our telephone number as we continue here on Minor Talk. One more final timeout. We'll get to awards, and we'll wrap this one up. Look ahead to UAB on Saturday. You're listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Streaming worldwide through the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. 600 ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso, a Town Square media station. You're listening to Minor Talk on 600 ESPN El Paso, brought to you by the Oscar Arrieta Agency, locally owned and operated for 24 years. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. Adrian brought us along with uh, Sal Montes and Angel Munoz. All good there, Angel. We're laughing back here because we're just making jokes about uh, old UTEP players. Uh, 880-5763 <laughs> is our telephone number. If you'd like to weigh in, 600 ESPN, I'll pass on Twitter. We didn't even talk about hot hand of the game and uh, player of the game <laughs> awards, but I think our player is pretty close right now as far as what we can do. Uh, 
you know, hot hand, I think we got to just give it to the second leading scorer, which I think we might go that route because he was uh, three for three from the floor today yeah. in seven minutes. So we'll get to those awards in just a second. First, let's go back to Twitter. This coming in from Mike Cuviello. They return four starters, and they'll have a winning record in year one for a new coach, no matter what. That is somewhat of a success. A conference tournament win would seal it. First winning road record since the 2013 and 14 season, so a step up. The home record has been disappointing, so one negative to the side. What? How about that? A winning record on the road for the first time since 2013. Good research by Mike. Yeah, and if they can have that travel over to uh, to Frisco, that would mean something as well. I yeah. mean, I think that's really where you find out who you are. If you could string those wins on the road, that is a huge step. Now, now, granted, I mean, I, I think there's levels uh, that you know that that you got to take. Uh, but one is you got to win on the road in in any form. But I think up next, I want to see if they can take a, take command on the road. I think that would be something fun to watch. Bryce Chauvin tweets us: "Good road trip. Looked like they had tired legs tonight, but proud of the two out of the three on the road. Now let's finish the season strong." Miners picks up and let's pack the dawn. Go get this team to the first uh, to finish the season on the high note. The golden era. That's coming from uh, that's coming from Bryce Chauvin on Twitter. Uh, let's go back over to some final stats here on this one before we wrap it up and just give you some key ones. Uh, again, Middle Tennessee they scored twenty six points in the paint. They had uh, and I'll ask you for your favorite stats, Sal, because there were some yeah. interesting ones. They had twenty six points off the bench. Again, twenty six in the paint. Uh, Middle Tennessee led in this one for over thirty three minutes. UTEP just led for the first six minutes and never really got control after that. Middle Tennessee shot. 50% from the floor, almost 50% from beyond the arc, and then shot 66% from the free throw line. Meanwhile, Miner shooting just 36% from the floor, mm-hmm. 22% from the from three-point range, and uh, 73% from the charity stripe. Today, it was Titus Verhoeven and Emmanuel White with eight, uh, Jamari Sibley and Jamal Biennemi with seven, and Sule Boom led all scores tonight with 24 points. He had seven rebounds. He actually had nine rebounds rebounds flirted with the double double that would have been his fifth career double double and Sule Boom also chipped in with three steals and 38 minutes of action Sal any other stats that jump out to you uh yeah one stat well I'll stay away from this because we're gonna get to it in a bit uh but one stat I like is uh Jamari Sibley going three for four you know he's a guy who uh, yeah. fans have really been wanting to uh, kind of get back out there now granted there was no threes uh for him today but a guy who goes three for four and when we talk about production off of the bench although they did get it doubled up when it came to uh, to bench points, 26 to 13. If they can have more guys start to pitch in, you know, these seven, eight-point performances, that's really, really going to bold well. I mean, th- there's still more that needs to be done by by more guys, and I think it'll come with some time. Uh, but for for uh, Sibley to provide, uh, you know, seven points on three for four, not only gets those points, but is efficient, so he's not taking up a large chunk of those shots. Yeah, I thought Sibley played all right tonight. He, I liked his jumper in this one. He's rebounding the ball way more for the minors. Yeah. In the future, Sibley could be a guy who can help them off off the glass in double figures. That's where he needs to change his game to, and then um, take it to the paint. I mean, you know, draw yeah. those fouls because he's he's shooting okay, but you want to see him be physical inside and really try to get some points in the paint. So my yeah. only thing with Jamari Sibley, but good point there. So and you know what, too, uh, I like to call him the pogo stick. I, I think we've seen him, you know, a couple of times out there for the uh, for the tip off, and you know, if sure. he's able to use that athleticism, you know, in the paint, 
paint, uh, you know, kind of transition that from the beginning of the game to uh, the end game, that, that would mean a lot more for the Miners. But rebounding is something that this team has really, uh, really been uh, struggling with all season. And if he could use that athleticism, get that ball by any means. The pogo stick. Yeah. I love it. That is the best. Where do you come up with these nicknames? I don't know, that was man. awesome. That's an awesome nickname, man. Uh, <laughs> let's let's uh let's move on to our hot hand of the war award on the show. This is presented by Wind Supply El Paso. Sal, where are we going on this one? You know, hot hand, we gotta go with the guy who um if it's it might be his first, if I'm not mistaken. He definitely his first. Uh, three for three. Guy comes off the bench and, uh, you know, is able to get uh, eight points total, two for two from beyond the arc, putting in some meaningful minutes, has to go to Emmanuel White. Emmanuel White getting the first hot hand of the game award. Only seven minutes off the bench. He scores eight points, efficient night, and three for three, just like Sal alluded to, a very hot shooting half. And uh, he did it five points in the first half, three points in the second half. That's Emmanuel White making the most of his opportunities. And that's brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Paso, they are the official dealer of the Champion Heating and Cooling products. And to locate your nearest Champion dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. Player of the game, Sal, pretty easy where we're going on this uh, one. Pretty easy. Another one, uh, Sule Boom, another 20-plus point performance. Uh, passes uh, Bad News Barnes on the uh, all-time right, good, scoring good list. Yep. You know, game by game, he's starting to, to put himself with some re- very, very great UTEP company. Um, you know, th- this guy... Game by game, he's becoming a little bit more efficient. I mean, before we've seen games where he could be like, you know, 3 for 15, 3 for 17, but is able to pitch in 7 for 18 tonight. Still under 500, but also uh, gets it done by being active. 8 for 10 from the charity stripe and 9 rebounds. Just one shy of another double-double. This this guy's starting to find his way. The Oakland native, Sule Boom, with another player of the game award, and that's thanks to Keith Southwest. They deliver the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world all made here in el paso learn more about keith southwest online today at keithsw.com sal look to saturday you know yeah this is it this is uh uab coming to town it's not like it's it this is not like the season's on the line but just trying to be a little dramatic here utep versus uab one of the best teams in conference you would say how does this one go uh, this one goes uh, the way that I said it would. I said UTEP would split with uh, with UAV at some point, and uh, they already dropped one in Bartow. I'm going to go with UTEP winning this wow. one because that's what I picked. Uh, but uh, UAV is definitely trending in the uh, the right direction. They're, oh, they're man. a great team. Man. I, yeah, they're such a good team. I don't know. I'm going to say I'm going to have to go with the no. They have UAB has UTSA Thursday. They have UTEP on Saturday. They're trying to regroup from a one-point loss to North Texas on Saturday. They are hungry for more wins under their belt. They've already hit the 20-win mark. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a great game. I think Saturday is the one that you're going to want to watch because if they win Saturday, they go into that final week with so much confidence yeah. against Rice and North Texas. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too. We're going to find out a lot about this team because win or lose, how are you going to bounce back against Rice knowing that you have North Texas at the at the finish line of the regular season. So it's very, very easy to overlook some of these games, especially when you know you got a big, big game, uh, you know, right down the stretch. But at the end of the day, too, Rice is not a not a bad team as well. That's that's, that's a team that UTEP has some trouble with year in and year out. They got the win in Houston, which is a tall task on its own. Uh, but if you can get that at home, that would be a huge, huge boost as well. But uh, UAB is going to be tough. You got to get by them first. If you missed any of Minor Talk, you could check us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can 
listen to us on demand, uh, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Thank you so much to Angel Munoz for producing the show and screening the phone calls as well on the program. Thanks to Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradas saying so long. Thank you so much for listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. We'll be back Saturday right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. been listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Get started on a home, auto, or life insurance policy at OscarArietaAgency.com. If you missed any of Minor Talk, listen to the show on demand by downloading Minor Talk wherever you listen to podcasts.